Dedicated missionary service returns a dividend of eternal joy, which extends throughout mortality and into eternity. I want it absolutely clear that I declared to the world in the most straightforward language I could summon that the Book of Mormon is true. True disciples of Jesus Christ are willing to stand out, speak up, and be different. If you're not a full-time missionary with a missionary badge pinned on your coat, now is the time to paint one on your heart. God has something unimaginable in mind for you personally and the church collectively. A marvelous work and a wonder. In this church, what we know will always trump what we do not know. Missionary work is an identifying feature of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Always has it been, ever shall it be. Let us be awake and not be wary of well-doing, for we are laying the foundation of a great work, even preparing for the return of the Savior. Hey everyone, welcome back. So glad you guys are here today. So a couple of episodes ago, I went over my own experience with you all about my mission and how I struggled with depression as a missionary. And I wanted to do another episode for you guys about how you can be better prepared mentally for your mission. I recognize that the vast majority of you out there will not have any serious struggles with depression. But mental preparedness is still a really important aspect of preparing to be a missionary. Whether you have struggles with any type of mental illness or not, I think many of the same principles that I would share with someone who might have some problems would also apply to everyone else. Like for me, because I have depression, there are certain lifestyle choices that I make to keep it in check. For example, I have to keep a regular routine of getting up and going to bed at the same time every day getting exercise, eating healthy, meditating, and spending time in the scriptures, and so on. Obviously, all these things are really good practices for everyone, regardless if you have struggles or not. I just personally have to give greater emphasis to them because I have a really good reason to. For me, things can go downhill pretty quickly if I'm not making those crucial lifestyle choices. But I really think that just living a healthy lifestyle should hold the same weight for everyone else too. Hence why I want to do this episode for you guys. We all carry our own weight when it comes to stress or heartache or some sort of emotional pain. And the quicker you are to acknowledge that and educate yourself about it, the better off you're going to be. So in this episode, I want to go over a few of these things with you all. And by the end of the episode, you should be able to understand what good mental health looks like as well as what it looks like if you are struggling and how you can manage it. So first off, I think it's really important to acknowledge that every single one of us is going to experience some stress, some anxiety, maybe some sadness, or some other kind of emotional pain. If you have listened to any of my previous episodes about stuff like this, then you know that it's totally normal to have these types of experiences. In fact, to a certain degree, it's really healthy to experience some stress or anxiety. This is just a normal response that your brain has to certain stimuli and all your brain is trying to accomplish is to keep you from danger or to help you perform better. So for example, if you know that you have a test coming up, you are probably going to feel pretty stressed about it. But that's what's going to help motivate you to study for it, right? If you weren't feeling at all stressed about it, you probably wouldn't prepare and then you would just flunk it. 
The same thing goes if you are in sports or if you are going to do some type of performance. Those pregame butterflies are what's going to help you stay more focused and alert so that you can perform better. Or if you are in a potentially dangerous situation, your heart is going to start racing, your palms are going to be sweaty, your senses are heightened, and you're going to feel high amounts of anxiety. But that's what's going to help you get out of that situation. If it weren't for that healthy amount of anxiety, you would be completely blind to potential threats and you would end up getting hurt or even worse. And all of this is your midbrain in action. This is the part of you that just reacts out of instinct. It's what is responsible for the flight or fight mechanism that we are all so familiar with. If we never experience any of these uncomfortable emotions, we probably wouldn't get very far as human beings. So yes, there is such a thing as a healthy amount of stress and anxiety. But this also means that there can be an unhealthy amount of it as well. And maybe right now you aren't sure if what you are experiencing is just the right amount or if it's too much. So let's talk about it. What does it look like if you are experiencing too much stress and what should you do about it if you are? So there is a great resource for missionaries specifically that illustrates really well what too much stress might look like and what you can do about it. So in adjusting to missionary life, and I'm going to assume that you are all familiar with this booklet, it gives us four different levels of stress associated with a color. And at each level, it lists symptoms or signs that you are at that particular level. Simple enough, right? So the first level is green. And when someone is in the green level, they are feeling great. They want to give everyone a high five. They feel ready to meet challenges and they are bouncing back pretty quickly from setbacks. This is obviously the ideal place to be, but that doesn't mean that we are always going to be there. And that's totally okay. So the next level up or down, depending on how you want to look at it, is going to be yellow. So when you're in the yellow zone, you're probably feeling a little tense, worried, or even anxious. These feelings might make it a little difficult to get along with others, and you might have some difficulty feeling the spirit as well. It's a normal thing, especially with the demands of being a missionary, to spend some time at this level. You're most likely going to find yourself at this level some point in time pretty much every day. If you're finding yourself in this zone, probably the worst thing that you can do is tell yourself that being in this zone is a problem. It might feel uncomfortable, but we shouldn't label this as something that is bad. When you do that, there's going to be this unnecessary urgency to get back to the green level. And so you're going to try to resist the discomfort that you're feeling. And that's usually going to make it worse. In your head, this might sound like, no, 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 go away. I don't want to feel this. There is really no reason to battle your emotions because when you do that, you're just going to end up feeling exhausted. Instead, what you need to do is just process it. Accept the fact that you're facing some discomfort. Tell yourself that that is totally okay and it's normal. And then you can just move on with your day. When you allow your emotions to run their course rather than just fight them or try to resist them, it's going to be much easier and quicker to get back to the green. Okay, and the next level is orange. This is just basically a step up in intensity for some of the symptoms if you are at a yellow level. So when you are at this level, you are going to feel emotionally and physically exhausted. You might even experience some more intense physical symptoms too, like an upset stomach. You might feel easily angered and deeply discouraged and feeling the spirit is pretty much impossible. 
Again, getting to this level is normal, but it's normally not going to last very long. The booklet suggests contacting your mission president, though, if you are at this level for more than three days so that he can help. Okay, and the last level is red. Most of you will rarely find yourselves at this level, but it can still happen. This level is like persistent depression, anxiety, and even panic. When you are at this level, you feel completely hopeless and you don't know how to move on. If you ever find yourself getting to this level, it's time to really start asking people for some help. You might ask your companion or district leader for a priesthood blessing, and it would be a good idea to take some time to write in your journal, pray, meditate, and just focus on your breathing. The booklet says that if you are ever in the red, you should get a hold of your mission president for help. Again, this level is pretty extreme and doesn't happen very often, but none of us are going to be immune to it. Okay, so throughout the rest of Adjusting to Missionary Life, it's going to give you helpful principles and suggestions for managing stress, as well as for managing things like physical demands, emotional demands, intellectual demands, and spiritual demands. I've briefly touched on a couple of suggestions that they talk about, but there are a lot more that the book gets into more depth on. I want to go over a few more with you, but first, I think it's important to talk about what might be some things that we try to do to manage stress or anxiety that aren't very helpful. Right now, some of you might be thinking, oh, I can already do all those things just fine. And you're probably right, but have you ever thought about how you might be coping with stress or some of these other demands mentioned? This was something that I thought too when I was preparing to be a missionary. I thought that I was totally fine in this area, but what I didn't realize was that most of my coping mechanisms didn't solve anything, or they weren't going to be something that I was going to be able to do on my mission. So when I was on my mission, I really struggled for a while because I had to learn how to deal with my emotions differently than I was accustomed to. So let me tell you guys what I mean by unhealthy coping mechanisms. We are all very familiar with them because we've all got some. You can usually tell if your coping method is unhealthy by whether or not you are trying to escape from or avoid your problems. Let me give you guys an example that you are all probably pretty familiar with. Let's just say again that you have a test coming up in school and so you have a lot of studying to do. Naturally, this is going to be something that will cause you to feel some stress as we've already talked about. Now, when you have a huge pile of homework or study materials in front of you and you're starting to feel overwhelmed, what do you usually want to do in that moment? If you're anything like me, then the last thing that you're going to want to do is actually crack those books open and study. Instead, you're probably going to feel a strong inclination to pull your phone out and just scroll social media. Or maybe binging shows on Netflix might be your way of resolving this overwhelm you're feeling, right? You might even try to use pornography as a way to solve your overwhelm. Now, let me ask you a question. What do all of these things have in common? They are all an escape. They are all an escape and they do nothing other than provide temporary relief from your discomfort. They are simply something that you do to avoid your problems. They are simply a buffer to your emotional pain. And the problem with that is once it's all said and done, you come back to reality, you feel even worse than you did before, and now you have less time to study and prepare for that test. So what might be some things that you could do instead that are not only going to help you feel better and solve the problem at hand, but also give you a skill set that will be helpful for any stress that you might face in the future? 
like that on your mission. So let's go back to adjusting to missionary life and see what it suggests. Again, there are many more that are in there that I won't be talking about here, so you'll have some homework to do, but let's dive into a couple of them for kicks and giggles. Okay, so one suggestion that it gives for successfully managing stress is to recognize the hand of the Lord in all things. Another way of saying this is simply to have gratitude. I think most of us have probably experienced how counting our blessings can affect our overall mood, but let me show you guys just how much having daily gratitude can affect your overall health and help you cope with stress. So there was a study conducted by two psychologists, Dr. Robert A. Emmons and Dr. Michael E. McCullough. And what they did was ask all their participants to write a few sentences every week. One group of people wrote down things that happened that week that they were grateful for. Another group wrote down things that irritated them. And because every proper experiment needs a control group, they had the last group write down things that had affected them but that they felt neutral about. So over a period of 10 weeks, what they found, and I'm sure that they had some model to measure this, I just couldn't find it anywhere, but what they found was that those who wrote what they are grateful for were more optimistic and felt better about their lives. Another interesting thing that they saw was that they also exercised more and made fewer visits to doctors than those who focused on the negative. So let's go back to you feeling overwhelmed about studying for that test. Instead of getting on board with those thoughts that are causing you to feel overwhelmed, focus on what you're grateful for. This might feel really hard for you to do, but the more you practice it, the easier it will be for you to see how amazing your life really is, even if in the moment you're really stressed out about this test. You might say to yourself, or even better yet, you could write down things like, I am grateful that this test is a challenge because if it wasn't, then I wouldn't learn anything. Or, I am grateful that I get to go to school and prepare for my future. Or, I'm grateful that my eyes and that my hands work so that I can read and write. It can be as simple as that. Write down like five things that you feel really grateful for and just watch as that stress melts away. If you want to take this a step further and just develop an overall attitude of gratitude in your life, then keep a gratitude journal. Just write down three things every day and watch how the way you think about things changes. This might seem like a really generic solution, but there must be a reason why the Lord asks us to thank him for what he does for us, right? Okay, another suggestion in the booklet that I want to talk about is to examine your expectations. You all are going to go into the mission field with some expectations. You might expect to learn the language within a certain amount of time. You might expect to have a certain number of baptisms or lessons. You might expect to feel the spirit all the time. You might expect to get along with your companion all the time. You might have all these expectations of how things should go or how you want them to go, only to find out that reality might not be painting the same picture as your expectations have. And that's okay. It's okay to have certain expectations, but you also have to accept the fact that those expectations might not be met all the time. I remember thinking that because I was going to be a missionary, I was automatically just going to be this perfect person and I was going to fill the spirit literally every second of every day. This is a great example of one of those expectations that literally nobody should have. But because of what I had heard all my life in the sacrament prayers, that we were promised to always have his spirit to be with us if we always remembered him and kept his commandments, I had created this expectation in my mind that as a missionary, I was going to be able to make that happen. 
I would tell myself, of course, I'll always be able to remember him and keep his commandments because I'm literally going to be preaching the gospel all day. I also had this expectation that if I had the spirit with me, then I was always going to be able to feel it. Honestly, I have no idea where this expectation came from. I mean, it's probably because if I wasn't feeling the spirit, then I was most likely sinning. <laughs> but as you can imagine, I had to examine and adjust those expectations within like the first day of being on the mission. It was a painful realization, but it helped me learn early on that things weren't always going to be the way that I had planned as a missionary. And I had to be okay with that. Taking time to examine those expectations helped me feel a lot better about myself and it helped me know how to move forward without having this fear of failed expectations in the future. All right, and the last one I want to talk about is a suggestion that it gives if you're feeling anxious or inadequate. It says, in this case, to envision success. So try and think about the last time you were worried about something. You've probably worried about hundreds of different things over the years, right? Like, it's okay to worry about some things. Like, I would be concerned if you weren't worried at all about what might happen if you fell off a cliff, but there's also a lot of other things where worrying is just a way of mentally practicing failure. So instead of rehearsing what can go wrong or thinking about all the what ifs, mentally practice positive outcomes and make plans to achieve them. This is actually a really powerful principle. Numerous studies have actually been done to show how powerful visualization is in sports. So for example, in one such study, participants were split into three groups and each group was tested on how many free throws they could make. After this, the first group was asked to practice free throws for an hour every day. The second group just visualized themselves making free throws for the same amount of time every day. And the third group did nothing. After 30 days, they were tested again. As expected, the group that did nothing made no improvements. And the group that actually practiced free throws improved by 24%. So how much do you guys think the other group improved? 23 freaking percent. And they didn't even touch a basketball. They basically improved just as much simply by visualizing themselves making free throws. Isn't that crazy? So just think how powerful it could be for you to envision success. How much more could you achieve if you simply practiced envisioning positive outcomes? So for example, if you don't think you know how to talk to people, or you don't think you know how to teach the gospel very well, or if you don't think the lesson is going to go well, stop and just imagine what it might look like if the opposite were true. And you know what? Who cares if things still don't work out as you hoped? At this point, you just have to imagine yourself learning from the setback and going forward. If you can establish a pattern of envisioning success, you're going to start seeing a correlation with how much success you actually have. So if you guys haven't noticed, every one of these suggestions that I've just talked about has to do with how you think. And I think there's a simple reason for that. When you just allow your thoughts to happen to you without putting any effort into what thoughts you think, they are naturally going to be more negative. In most cases, people who are really upbeat and positive have to make a conscious decision to be that way. This might be harder for some than others, but being a positive person takes a lot of hard work regardless of who you are. There is a quote by Mark Twain that summarizes this thought perfectly. He says, I am an old man and have known a great many troubles, most of which never happened. 
Our experience in life has a lot to do with what is going on in our own head. So there is this little exercise that adjusting the missionary life takes you through that I want to end on. It's about talking back to negative thinking. So it'll give you an example of a negative thought and then it'll give a rewrite talking back to that negative thought. So the first example says, I can't learn this language. And the rewrite is, if I keep practicing, I'll learn it well enough to do my job and teach with the spirit. The Lord will help me. There's another one that says, I'll never make it through this day. And the rewrite is, I've made it through every day so far and I'll make it through today. All I have to do right now is what is in front of me, one step at a time. After this lesson, I'll relax for five minutes to calm down. Can you see how the mood changes simply by changing your thoughts? I remember when I first went to go see a therapist on my mission, and this was the type of advice that she gave me. And I was like, there's no freaking way that the solution to my problems is this simple. I just want to feel better right now. And this stuff is going to take forever. She had me start a gratitude journal. She had me learn some breathing exercises. And she had me do this exercise where I write down negative thoughts and then talk back to them essentially. And I just never thought any of this was going to do anything for me. It was going to be too much work and it was going to take so long to see any results that I wouldn't even be able to discern any difference. But day by day, week by week, session after session, things really started to change. She helped me see that I was feeling the way I was feeling because of the way that I was thinking. And the more I practiced what she taught me and showed me, the easier it became for me to do hard things. It was a miracle how much my life changed. So guys, seriously consider getting really familiar with adjusting to missionary life and use it throughout your whole mission. It is such a great resource and it'll help you immensely if you want to improve your mental health and be better prepared for the challenges you will face as a missionary. If you have any questions or comments about anything that I just talked about, remember that you can write into me at the email or you can message me on Instagram. Thank you everyone for joining me today on this episode. Remember, as always, that you guys are awesome and that you've got this. I'll catch you next time. Peace.